All right. So we're starting the new year and I couldn't think of a better way to start the new year than to talk about women's health. I'm sure you're one of us, you know, one of us who sets those resolutions, those new year's intentions. I've talked about this concept before, but so many of us have been indoctrinated in this idea that this is not enough and I need to set an intention this year to make this look better. If you're listening to me on the podcast instead of watching me on the video, I'm pointing at me. I'm pointing at my body. I think that women are so very much shamed about how they look. There's such a small percentage of us that fit the ideal physical look of a woman and only for a short period of time in our early adulthood. And so this is not fair. <laughs> this is a setup for us. Let, let me be honest with you, sisters. This is not the way that we want to be living our lives and certainly not in midlife because our bodies are changing pretty significantly at this point. So I'm bringing in an expert. Mary Bushkel is going to talk to us about her three-phase program, Managing Menopause and Mastering Metabolism. Now, wait, I know you might be one of my listeners that isn't a post-menopausal woman this, this far yet, but I'm guaranteeing you that if you are in your 40s or later, you are somewhere in that perimenopausal process, which is just the process of our hormones declining little by little over time. Some of us, it tanks fast. Some of us, it's a much more gradual process. And they say that this process can take anywhere in the, the realm of a decade, of 10 years time. So I think all of us need to hear this. If you're pre any of this, that's fine. This will give you the leg up. If you're in the middle of it like me, it's going to be great. It's, she's going to give us really good stuff. And even if you're post puzzle. She's got some information for you. And I couldn't think of a better way to start off the year than to really just dive into our health right now, what applies to us. And Mary Bushkel is going to teach us that. So keep listening. Welcome. This is Midlife Crisis to a Centered Life Thriving a podcast that teaches women in midlife to unapologetically stop silencing their dreams and start designing the lives they want to live in. I'm your host, Dr. Natalie, and as a clinical psychologist of the last two decades and a twice-divorced single mother myself, I not only know how hard it can feel heading into midlife, I am living it right here with you. I've taken all the many failed attempts and lessons learned in my own life and combine it with my extensive clinical experience to give you the tools you need to make midlife the best time in your life. No joke. So let's get started. Welcome back and happy new year. I am so excited to be here with you guys again. It's so exciting. Now, really, I'm recording this in 2023, but I'm going to have it ready for you in 2024. That's why I took my break is so that I could really uh, come at 2024 and um, make sure that I'm giving you material that's really useful. So you heard a lot from me last year and a lot of my expertise, but this year I'm going to take a little different tinge on it and I'm going to have many more guests on here. And I'll be asking the questions that I know you want to be asking. I do. So I will bring on some of these guests like Mary Bushkel, who's going to be joining us today for the first part of a three-part series on women's health. Now, she has a three-part program, and I'm not even going to butcher it by trying to explain that to you before we meet her. We're just going to go right ahead and introduce you to Mary right now. Well, let us welcome Mary Bushkul to our podcast. Let me tell you a little bit about her before we get started. So Mary empowers others to architect their dream so they can live the adventure of their full potential. And her personal mission is to be a constant positive force, maintaining the highest ethical integrity and striving to always do the right thing. 
The strength of what Mary Bush Cole does lies in a deep respect for education and staying on the cutting edge of the latest research and trends in the areas of health and wellness. She is compassionate and empathetic and an outgoing personality, which allows her to get along with people from all walks of life. She also has a deep desire to help you feel better, look better, and improve your outlook on life. Her specialties include senior fitness, high school, collegiate, and adult athletes, weight loss or weight gain programs, individuals with health challenges, programming for the menopausal woman. And that is why we have invited her to be with us today. So welcome, Mary. Thank you so much for being on the podcast. I am excited, Natalie, and I hope that um, I can drop some major gold nuggets to help women in this part of our life. I, I am so excited for, for this. I, even in recording my intros today, I was thinking to myself, this is going to be so cool to do in January, to put this out in January when everybody's kind of thinking about health. But it's really my my plan in 2024 with my podcast um, to have experts on that can really help women in midlife. And that, and just in our conversation last week, as we were prepping for this podcast, I know that there are already nuggets to be found. I can't wait for us to dig them up together, but I'm, I'm really excited about that. So thank you. Thank you for being on the podcast. My like first it. question for all my guests is tell us your story. Let us know a little bit about you and what Mary, Mary, makes Mary, Mary. Okay. Well, I'm not going to start at the very beginning, but I'm going to pretty much start uh, toward uh, closer to where I am now, because what we're going to be talking about today with the menopause transition, I experienced at the age of uh, 56, 57, where my world got turned on edge. Uh, mm -hmm. All of a sudden, we were coming out of the pandemic. So we we're in 2021. Um, and all of a sudden, my anxiety went through the roof. My energy level plummeted. Um, my desire for anything in life, those things that I found such passion for were gone. Yeah. And I was, I was scared. I was very afraid of what was next for me and working with, I have been in the fitness industry since 1985, I guess you could say. That's uh, when I really started um, working with uh, the public, but, and I've always had a desire to work with people, help people find ways to become healthier and better in their bodies. And all of a sudden that was gone. I was, mm. uh, I would show up to, to work with my clients and I had to put on, I had to fake it <laughs> to say the yeah. least because I had, I had nothing. And when they were gone, all I wanted to do was find a corner in my personal training studio to just curl up in a ball and mm -hmm. just find sleep. So I could, um, have the energy for the next person. And it yeah. was at that time, it was sometime uh, in the summer of 2021 that Stacy T. Sims, Dr. Stacy T. Sims dropped her second book. Her first book was called Roar and it was for women through life and mm -hmm. what, what to do. What, what are the things for nutrition, for exercise and, and understanding um, your hormones and all, but her second book what was level up. And that book was for the menopausal woman and mm. that focus and reading that book was, I guess you could say that whatever it is that it was planted in my brain. And I was like, this is my way out. This is my mm -hmm. way through what I'm going through. And I also then uh, signed up for her menopause 2.0 course. And that pretty much was the trajectory for me of helping me through this transition, understanding yeah. all the things that were going on with me, and then being able to, uh, once I started getting my footing and getting traction, turning around and being able to help women. 
Yeah. And that's where I am now. And I thank you so much for sharing this experience because I I just love that you're hearing more about this these days that this generation of of perimenopausal and menopausal women are speaking speaking about our experiences, which vary, I mean, widely, like no one person has the same menopausal experience. There's just, there's just such a a wide variety of how it shows up in our life. But I think that we need to start to normalize just even speaking about it it can sometimes hit us like a ton of bricks. And um, there aren't, there aren't a lot of experts in the field. So Dr. Stacey Sims, you know, clearly led you on a path that has you digging into making this a a better experience for other women. And she helped you to have a better experience with it. And uh, just so you know, listeners, I will make sure in all of the notes to these podcasts that we have links to these experts that uh, Mary is going to share with us today, because you might want to do some of that homework for yourself as well. But thank you. Mm -hmm. Thank you for sharing with us, you know, that experience. I what I think is most fascinating to me is just how long a period of time that it can be, you know, like I think the average is somewhere in a, in a decade for the perimenopausal, um, the hormonal decline that happens kind of naturally. And for some of us much quicker and for some of us, maybe even longer than that, um, Mm -hmm. that just seems like wild to me. Like it really does. Yes. Um, yeah, and, and just a quick uh, addition to my story, back when I was 36, I'm 62 now, but back when I was 36, I started to notice little missteps. And at that time, and you're looking at 26 years ago, yeah, uh, there was very little on the landscape there then, uh, but there was a cream out, like a, a sweet potato cream or some kind of potato cream. And I, I bought it and I used it and it actually helped with whatever the symptom was. I cannot remember whatever the symptom was. And, and it helped me be able to navigate through that, that period of time. And, and at that time I even shared that information with my sister who, who's younger than me, but um, she wasn't having any kind of menopause or any kind of problems or or missteps or anything like that. But she had a friend and that friend, I mean, that lotion, that cream, whatever you want to call it, really helped her. And she she went off on a trajectory like you wouldn't believe. Wow. Um, but uh, but that was back. That was 26 years ago. And now, mm-hmm. I mean, even even where I am now and, and in my story, just two years ago, almost three mm-hmm. years ago, it wasn't really being talked about that much. And yeah. so now, now it just seems like there are, there are podcasts. Um, marketers are starting to, to, to clue in and start marketing all kinds of things to women in the menopause transition. And I do mm-hmm. want to caution you. Beware, <laughs> be yeah. aware of, of what's out there and know that there is not one solution. And, and when we go through this today, you're going to find out that, oh my gosh, the, uh, what I go through is completely different from what Dr. Natalie mm-hmm. is going through. So understanding what's out there for you to, to navigate and my biggest um, message is be curious. Don't don't buy into one thing. Be curious. Yeah. Oh, I love that, listeners. Don't you hear my voice in that? Like I talk about being curious all the time uh, in, in any part of this, this transition because it's such a beautiful way to show up with compassionate self-awareness, right? If we just mm-hmm. stay curious about it. We're not judging ourselves. We're not, you know, making up... Uh, ideas about what's right and what's not right. We're just staying curious and learning more and, you know, collecting data points, which some of them are are symptoms and some of them are the data that we're, you know, seeing out in the world to help us with those those mm-hmm. symptoms. So mm-hmm. I love, I love that motto, stay curious. I think that that's, uh, it, it matches what we do here on Learn to Love Your Story very well. 
Well, Mary, you have this great program. You call it Managing uh, Menopause and Mastering Metabolism. And I have invited you here onto the podcast to really help walk us through um, your three-prong approach within that program or three-phased approach within that program. So let's get to it. Why don't you tell us a little bit about um, why you created this? And uh, today, because we're going to split this up into three parts, today we'll kind of jump into the first phase of that. Okay. Uh, First of all, I've kind of changed the uh, name. It is Managing Menopause and Optimizing Metabolism. Because we we can never master metabolism because of all the little intricacies that go with metabolism. But at least I can give you an idea of how to optimize um, that. Mm -hmm. Uh, So the three parts, I usually start with nutrition because women as women we are always curious about nutrition okay how can i make my nutrition better um what why is this not working for me anymore so on and so forth and then the second part um is your symptoms and mm-hmm. understanding what all those symptoms are and then the third part is exercise and what do you need to do in this time in your life with exercise. And it's completely different than what you and I have been taught from the eighties up until Mm -hmm. pretty much a couple of years ago. And so the shift is being made and, and women are um, not totally on board. uh, But, uh, and we'll talk about that in a little bit, but nutrition, (laughs) (laughs) nutrition is the first uh, thing I wanted to talk about. Do you want me to okay. dive in or would you like yeah, to dive in? Well, and my question first is, is there a reason for that? Is there a reason that's the foundation in your program is to start with nutrition and then build these other pieces on top of it? Because I think that, um, I, again, like you're saying, like in the last two years, a lot of the science has started to pull us in a different direction and, and understand our bodies. Uh, mm-hmm. a little bit better as women. Um, by the way, uh, listeners, if you don't know this, but uh, science and science research often would rule women out um, as participants in research because they didn't like that we had hormones, they didn't like that we were childbearing, and they didn't like that we were menopausing, and that would somehow compromise the study. And so a lot of the science for medical research uh, was done on males. And so it al- it's almost like it doesn't apply to us. It's almost like we're a different species. Um, in, and uh, how we respond as women is very different to all sorts of things. And so um, in the last couple of years, we're getting a little bit better with with this. But I'm just curious, Mary, for you, why was it nutrition that should be kind of ground zero for this? Well, uh, let me tell you a little bit about what goes on and then why nutrition is, is so important. Our biggest body composition changes happen in the three to four years before menopause. So like you were saying, Dr. Natalie, that this could be a 10-year journey that you're taking. Um, mm-hmm. So you really don't know when you're going to hit menopause. It's not a magic no. age. Uh, and so understanding why nutrition needs to start being ramped and changed as of age 40 is so important. But yeah. we have, as our, um, as our estrogen starts to withdraw from our body, Uh, we have decreased insulin sensitivity, which increases our blood, our glucose, blood glucose um, circulating in our body. So that's Mm -hmm. another thing. There's also with that estrogen withdrawing, our bone architecture changes. In other words, we are more susceptible to osteoporosis at this time because the, the uh, bone is just being are the calcium being sucked out of the body. Uh, we have what is called a reduced anabolic stimulus. And anabolic means building. Uh, in other words, muscle our muscle building capability just goes down. It goes down. It, it, just, mm-hmm. it just goes down. And so we are pushed into what is called a catabolic state, which is our muscles start breaking down faster and we start losing. Um, we can lose up to 3% of our body, uh, our muscle mass in a year um, 
compared to after age 30, we start losing 1% a year. But in, in those, that sweet spot, yeah. we can be losing 3% or 3 to 5%. So it's, it's scary because all of a sudden right. you wake yes. up one day and you go, what just happened? I have no I muscle. What is this going on right here? I don't understand this. (laughs) Um, Also, when um, estrogen withdraws from the body, we have an increase in our baseline cortisol. And cortisol is our stress hormone and not knowing or not being able to control that or manage the cortisol starts throwing our body into um, another state of, you know, putting on that belly fat. Uh, and so that's, and then also with estrogen, there's so many wonderful things that happen with, with the withdrawal of estrogen, but our gut microbiome diversity changes. So you, you'll start to notice things with your digestive system. And if you're not maintaining a healthy gut, then things are going to, um, start, um, becoming compromised. So the reason why I start with nutrition is because, Women are like, okay, I can start here. This, this, I can take actionable steps. This is, mm-hmm. this is the, this is a doable thing. It might not be easy, but it's doable. Mm-hmm. So um, the ADA recommends that we take in anywhere from 0.8 to 1.1 grams of protein per kilogram of body weight. And um, for the menopausal women, that is dangerous. In other words, that is so low, we are not giving ourselves the building blocks to maintain muscle mass. Yeah. The, it's in crazy this stage, though. I mean, I yeah. want, like, just think about that. Like I'm 165 pounds, I think. So mm-hmm. what you're saying is even if I was doing 160, 70 milligrams a day, I'm below because I'm 47 and I should be augmenting that. That's huge. Yes. So um, now, now you're 100. And, what did you say? 165. Mm-hmm. 165. Now, if you look at that kilogram wise, that's different. Kilograms is okay. 2.2 pounds per kilogram of body weight. So pretty much, you're taking. You're looking at what? 80 kilo. Well, just under 80 kilograms. So 70, 70 something, 74, 75 kilograms is what you weigh. And yeah. so you're, you're being told that you should be taking in somewhere around 75 um, grams of protein a day. Well, a woman who's transitioning or a woman 40 and older, and, and from this point forward in your life, you've got to change how you look at protein. Protein mm-hmm. should be your number one concern. Now you should be taking in anywhere from 1.7 to 2.3 grams per kilogram of body weight. So I weigh 112 pounds. I should be taking in, now just based on that, I go, okay, so I should be taking in at the very least 112 grams of protein a day. And at the most, especially on days where I'm working out, I should be taking in closer to 140 grams. And you think about that, you're like, wow, that's a lot of protein, but yeah, it is. if you divide it out during your day um, and take like with breakfast, you focus on getting 30 to 40 grams, lunch, getting 30 to 40 grams, dinner, getting 30 to 40 grams. I'm, I'm hitting all of those, but then, you know, throwing in those snacks and mm-hmm. always looking at where can I get the most bang for my buck on the protein side? Yeah. Once you have your protein on your plate, then we start filling everything in. But the okay. biggest thing, I, I heard a podcast recently where they were talking with a researcher. She's, at, well, I can't remember the university she's at, but she's doing all this research on um, women in menopause. And mm-hmm. she's only in her maybe late 20s. And she already knows that she needs more protein now than she's ever needed. And she She's a, like, she used to be a uh, volleyball player at the collegiate level. Mm-hmm. So she's like 6'2", you know, 100, yeah. uh, 190, you know, 180, 190 pounds. She said, 
eating protein every day is a full-time job for me. It is a full-time job. Like I have a 20-year-old boy who does weightlifting and he and I were having a conversation about how much protein intake he tries to stay on top of. And I'm like, I I need to do about this. When when I look at the science, like you're six feet tall and like 200 pounds, but like, seriously, if I'm going to continue to have muscle and not lose or atrophy my muscle, I need to be taking in a lot of protein. And I have never thought about it that way, which is one of the things that as you're talking, Mary, that I'm hearing you say is, um, you know, one of the things that I think women are in this age range of somewhere between 35, 65, where you're in the pre, you know, peri uh, menopausal and postmenopausal phases is that what we've done so far in our life, um, it just won't apply now. It doesn't mean what we did didn't work when it was working. It means that we have a different body chemistry and a different makeup. And so, different rules will apply. So, so what we've done will not work anymore. And it doesn't, it, it, it's not to, you know, say that what you've done isn't great stuff. It was, and, and had been during that body chemistry and that body framework, but now won't work. So we have to shift it. That's, that's just the reality of it. Right. Yes. Um, the other thing is women have always, most women have always been diet conscious. Like, mm. okay, I need I need to lose weight, so I'm going to cut my calories. In this time of our life, we need the calories. Yeah. <laughs> so, so um, I, what I do is when I when I teach this course, I I teach women how to bring protein carbohydrates. Oh my God, what a horrible word, um, but <laughs> carbohydrates and fats and how to, how to put that onto your plate because carbohydrates are not your enemy. And, and I've, and that's one of the biggest things, uh, the hardest things for me to get through to women because mm-hmm. they're like, Oh, I got to cut, I've got to cut carbs because carbs make me fat. And it's like, uh, no, they help give you energy. <laughs> so, yeah. so, but one of the things in in any time in life is most women are um, calorie deficient or energy deficient. And if I like not- how you're saying that energy deficient, that resonates for me because I yeah. think that calorie and diet consciousness kind of is all part of that programming and conditioning that we were taught about our weight and our, you know, beauty mm-hmm. kind of being our value in the world, but energy deficient makes sense to me. Like, cause energy comes from all the macronutrients and the micronutrients mm-hmm. too. Um, I, and it shifts our perspective. Like I need to talk about the energy in energy out principle instead of the calorie in calorie out. I'm not a ledger. Yeah. I'm a chemistry set. And so energetically, I think I need to be thinking about energy in. Correct. I like that. Yes. And, and most women, um, and, and I just go with what has been researched and, and then what my people are saying. And, um, like my, my basal metabolic rate, the amount of calories my body needs just to survive a day without anything on top of that. Just, just if I were to be in a, um, veggie, veg, vegetable state. Mm-hmm. Um, I need to be taking in somewhere around 1150 calories a day. Wow. For my tiny body. Mm-hmm. And most women are told, okay, we're going to put you on a 1200 calorie a day diet. And that is usually below what your body needs just to survive. And yep. so what I usually have women do is th- there are ways that you can have your your body composition measured. And one of the easiest ways, if you have the ability within your community to find what is called an in-body scan, and that gives you, you know, how much muscle I have on my body, how much fat, um, what is water weight. um, And then it also gives you that beautiful little number, which is your basal metabolic rate. And And what I usually tell women is that, okay, we have that basal metabolic rate and depending on your activity, exercise, and 
eating habits, that number is going to go up above and beyond. Like for mm-hmm. me, my, okay, I already told you what my basal metabolic rate is, but I'm always trying to get in somewhere between 17 to 2000 calories a day. A lot of p- women wow. would be like, oh my God. Oh I'd my gosh. I know. <laughs> something, but you're not. I'm feeding my body what it needs yeah. in order to function, in order to um, complete all the functions it needs just to stay alive. To mm-hmm. be able to have the cal- caloric intake or the energy intake to do my job and then um, exercise on top of that. And when you eat, when you eat um, protein, when you eat fibrous foods, it takes a lot of calories just to break those down. It does. Yeah. So you have to, you, you want to know that calorie restriction or energy restriction at this time in our life is a big no-no because our body is already breaking down and we want to, we want to provide, we want to give, we want to support our bodies at this time. Mm -hmm. And by, by depriving it, you're only going to go, you're either, your, your decline is only going to increase. It's going to be a slippery slope. Yep. Yep. It, it, I'm really getting the impression then that part of the premise of having nutrition be on the ground floor of your program is we have to kind of nurture the soil in which you're going to plant other things on top of it. Like we'll talk about symptoms and some of the things you can do that in the second phase, mm-hmm. but you really need to nurture the body and make sure that there is an energy store or an energy source on a regular basis in right. which we do that work essentially. Yeah. Right. Gosh, that is yes. really, that's fascinating. Yes. And, and another thing, the more that you uh, nourish your body in that you provide it with the good protein, you provide it with um, the carbohydrates that it needs. What, and carbohydrates are your vegetables, your fruits, your whole grains, and um, the things that I try to encourage women to minimize, notice how I say minimize, not eliminate, but minimize are those processed foods. And those usually are your higher carbohydrates, simple sugar, simple carbohydrates, which when you consume those, um, immediately your blood sugar shoots through the roof. And so what we're trying to do is find um, nutrition that's going to help you keep your blood sugar level instead of having um, spikes and then, and then below. (laughs) Yeah. All right. So I'm interrupting this podcast for one reason only. Let me just ask this question. Are you feeling stuck? Are you feeling kind of blah about your life? You're a woman in midlife and life is pretty good. I mean, you've got your stuff together. You've ticked all the boxes, but you just don't feel like you're stepping into your prime in the way that you'd really like to. And you certainly don't want to go down the road of having a midlife crisis in order to figure all of this out. So if that's you, then my 20-week group coaching program is for you. And guess what? I'm opening it up in 2024. So that's why I'm interrupting this podcast today, because I want to personally invite you to participate in this with me. That's right. Another 20-week group coaching program. Now, 20 weeks seems like a big commitment. I get it. But I want you to know it's just once a week that we're meeting all together. And then there's the curriculum that's online that you do on your own time. And I spread it out over 20 weeks because I really want you to see change in your life. Now, here's the thing. It's pretty easy to find out more information about this. And guess what? You get to hear it from me, straight from me. All I want you to do is go over to learntoloveyourstory.com right now and click on work with me. And then you can set up a time to talk directly with me. I'm going to answer any of your questions, walk through what this program can give you, and really help you understand that I'm here to help you in 2024. I want you to reach your goals. I want you to really design the life that you want to be living. That is my passion. And it's what the 20-week program does. Now, doesn't that sound like something that you want to be doing? 
Now remember, go to learntoloveyourstory.com right now and you too can sign up for your complimentary call with me. All you have to do is click on work with me and book that complimentary call or you can head over to resources and read a little bit more about the various programs that I have. I can't wait to have you be part of this in 2024. So happy new year to you and let's get you into that centered life thriving. Another big thing is to also uh, work on improving your gut microbiome Mm -hmm. because the more health, the healthier your gut is, the better you're going to be able to digest the food and use the energy for the processes that your body needs. So that's, Mm -hmm. that's huge. Um, A lot of women uh, may not realize it, but Sometimes it's just as simple as taking a probiotic. Mm-hmm. And, and um, in my course, I also talk about how you can get those probiotics from foods. Right. How to get your prebiotics from mm-hmm. foods. And, and so you eventually can get to the point where you don't need those supplements, but sometimes you need that boost right away yeah. just to get yeah. going in the right direction. Mm-hmm. Um, but, it, but what you're talking about, again, that microbiome, is so essential to like extracting the nutrition essentially from the foods that you're eating. And so if you start in a place with poor microbiome, you know, environment in your gut, which is possible if we're eating the uh, average American diet, right? Um, right. You, you would need to start with adding extra with your supplements. But as you start to grow better microbiome and have a better environment in your gut, well then, yeah, you can, you know, food is our, our fuel and it's our medicine in that regard. Correct. Mm-hmm. Correct. I agree. Totally. Um, another thing that women, especially as you start going through this uh, change, all of a sudden you start, um, it seems like overnight, and I've heard this from women, overnight, I gained 30 pounds. It's all right here in my in my, yeah. my waist. What the heck just happened? Exactly. And, uh, there, there's a little bell or alarm that goes off that goes, uh-oh, okay, I've put on weight, so i got to exercise more, and I've got to eat less. And that's the biggest no-no at this mm-hmm. time in our lives. And a lot of women start to look at, okay, um, oh, the ketogenic diet worked for me before. I'm going to go try that again. Or mm-hmm. fasting worked at work for me before. I'm going to do that again. And those are the kinds of things that actually go against what our body needs at this time. So if you are a keto-friendly uh, kind of, I love the keto diet, ketogenic diet, um, uh, let's take a step back because all the research that's been done on the ketogenic diet has been on men. Yeah. And mm-hmm. on, and I will say, and on women who were over the age of 60, who were um, obese and sedentary. So mm-hmm. it was never done on women who were active or, or even within that 40 to 60 age group. So be aware of, okay, what, what, who were the subjects of these, mm-hmm. these, um, these studies? And you'll yeah. find that again, like you said in your introduction, it's been men. Yeah. And, um, and then the other thing is fasting. A lot of women think, well, golly, I'm, I'm going to fast because then I won't eat as much. I encourage you, if you want to fast, if you want to do like a 12 hour fast, start at 6 p.m. Yeah. <laughs> 6 a.m. Because mm-hmm. it is first thing in the morning where we really need our nutrition. Because at night when you're sleeping, when you're sleeping, your body is breaking down. You you haven't given it, it any kind of n- nourishment mm-hmm. for hours. So um, the big thing is if you don't eat breakfast, let's find a way to get those nutrients in you. If you say, you know, I can't, I can't eat breakfast. Well, can you drink, can you drink your breakfast? Yeah. Could can you drink you, a protein you, shake yeah, or something? Yeah, mm-hmm. Drink a protein shake. And it, and it doesn't have to be like, I mean, I, I have at some time in the morning, um, I have a yogurt, fruit, protein powder shake. And that, 
and, and, and of course milk, I mean, real milk, not almond milk, but my body right. can handle, my body can handle dairy. And mm-hmm. there, and that's another, that's completely, that's another subject, but, um, <laughs> But, you know, that right there is almost 30 grams of protein that I just hit. And my body just goes, oh, thank you. <laughs> thank mm-hmm. you. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, so if you if you want to if you want to fast, because you'll see this on social media, you'll get inundated with emails talking about, OK, this intermittent fasting, this is what you need to do. And you do. It is important that your body take a fast so that your pancreas gets to rest. Right. Uh, because this constant eating actually does worse for your pancreas than than having to fast. But look at how your body um, responds at this time in your life. And most women would rather eat late into the night and then skip breakfast and wait until 12 o'clock or one o'clock to eat lunch. And when is your most productive time of day? Right. It's usually between eight and 12, eight and one o'clock, because after that, it's like, okay, energy. (laughs) Yeah. Energy dive. Well, so so I think this is interesting though, because I have done a little bit of research in fasting and intermittent fasting for my own personal, um, uh, reasons. And, uh, it's reduced inflammation. It's reduced one of my symptoms, which was I had a lot of joint pain, almost like I was feeling arthritic as I'm in this perimenopausal phase. And it really has the, the shortened eating window. So it's, it's really that intermittent fasting, the 16, eight is what I usually try to aim for, but sometimes I'm a little bit over that. And sometimes I'm a little bit under that depends on the day, mm-hmm. um, which is fine too. Cause I think that, um, stressing your system and making it guess when you're going to eat next is not a totally bad thing for your, for your health either, as long as you're nutritionally getting what you need. But tell us a little bit more about that. So how, how does, um, how do we keep reducing inflammation in the body since we know that inflammation is tied to gosh, all sorts of things. It's tied to mental health disorders as well as physical health issues. So, Mm -hmm. um, speak a little bit more about that. Uh, Well, the best thing to do is, um, find a, um, anti-inflammatory kind of diet, which is very easy. You know, it's almost like the Mediterranean diet. Yes. Um, You know, it's pretty much the Mediterranean diet because you're eating lean meats, you're eating a lot of vegetables and fruits, your whole grains, you're, you're eliminating or minimizing the amount of um, highly processed foods, sugars, trying to minimize the amount of sugar that you take in and all of those things, because um, one of the symptoms, like what you were talking about is menopause arthritis. You think you have arthritis because your joints are aching all the time. And if you just shift, (laughs) if you just shift your, your um, diet or your nutrition, I like nutrition better. If you shift your nutrition to more on the side of a, um, I'm going to say Mediterranean diet, Mm-hmm. then um, then you're going to notice that the inflammation reduces. You start okay. to have less swelling, you ha- less achiness in the in the joints. and and you usually this time of year, if you've been on a like you, Dr. Natalie, if you have been really good and your your joint health, I mean, you feel really great. Oh, but now all these great Christmas, Oh, um, the Christmas are goodies are out. The pumpkin pie has already begun. That's that's yeah. the. It's kind of a slow roll into the not so great things in December. Yeah, you will, <laughs> so you will notice though if you start to consume, you're like, oh, I'm just going to have a cookie today. But you'll start to notice that oh, you know, my achiness is back mm-hmm. um, almost but, instantly. I notice yes. it within hours of eating high sugar foods, high gluten foods. Um, Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's almost instant for me. Right. Yes. And so that's, you know, becoming more aware, like I, like I, we said in the beginning, being curious about how your body's feeling with the consumption of whatever nutrient that you, that you're taking in. Uh, So that's, that's huge. Um, The other thing uh, before we get off of nutrition is supplementation. Um, yeah, and- say more about that because I know that people are always looking for good information on what are the supplements I should be trying and what, how do I know what's good and not good and that kind of a thing. Okay. Uh, well, the the uh, uh, 
there it's a multi-billion dollar uh, industry. And so a lot of these um, nutrients that are a lot of these supplements that you are buying may not even have what you're supposed to be, what it says on the label that it has. <laughs> and it's not, it's not regulated by the FDA. So you're, um, so that's what keeps like the cost to a minimum. But then again, you've got to also look at, am I getting what I'm supposed to be getting? Right. Um, but the, the supplements, and you, you've heard this, the supplements I recommend is D3, because a lot of us don't get, depending on where you're living in this, in um, the United States and yep. Canada, you may not get the vitamin D from sunshine. Sunlight. Mm-hmm. And so our sunlight. So, I mean, like I live in Cheyenne, Wyoming, and the amount of D3 out there, even though I may go out and I might spend every day outside for, you know, up to 30 minutes, I'm not getting the D3 that I need. So that one is a definitely one to supplement. Uh, another one is omega-3. And the omega-3, um, if, unless you're eating fish pretty much three or more times a week, uh, you do need um, that omega-3. And omega-3 is uh, definitely helps with inflammation mm, as well. Good. So that's, that's good. That's big. Um, the other one, and I, um, I've been taking magnesium for years. I mean, 15 plus years, but, um, I, I was actually, I worked with a registered dietitian, a sports dietitian who changed when I took my magnesium and what kind that I took, huh. uh, because I needed it for sleep to help. Oh Yeah help yeah. me calm down, um, help my body and my brain to calm down. So um, if you are looking for magnesium, there's so many different com- um, ways that you can, that are so many different magnesium supplements out there. So finding the right one. And if you can working with either a registered dietitian or a nutritionist who can help you, um, figure out which one you're supposed to be on. So yeah. that, and also um, one of the biggest benefits of magnesium is it, and you, you can delete this if you want to Dr. Natalie, but it helps you poop better. No, I think that, no, 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 no. Cause I think good pooping is <laughs> huge. Like it's a huge yes. symptom when we're this constipated all the time of right. not just our physical health, but our emotional wellness, because yes. anxiety, depression um, also cause those th- I mean, we constrict ourselves when we're feeling emotionally um, bereft. So that is such a good indicator or barometer of our health is whether or not we're having a good poop at least once a day, if not more, where we Correct. actually feel like we evacuate our body and are like ready to go afterwards. And so if you're not doing Detox. that, Detox. <laughs> yes, if you're not doing that. There is something amiss um, in multiple ways in your body. And so I, I, I like using magnesium for that reason as well. Mm-hmm. Now, there regular. are other supplements that you might um, be encouraged to take, um, but sometimes you don't need those because you're getting them from your foods. Uh, one supplement that I um, am, well, there are a couple more supplements that I'm taking just for my own personal uh, reasons is one is creatine mm-hmm. and um, creatine has been researched so much, um, mainly for muscle building and yeah. your son most probably. Oh is yeah, he, he does. Loading, <laughs> unloading, loading, unloading. But for for women in this state, um, because when estrogen starts to withdraw, brain health and brain function mm. changes. And we'll talk about that in a little bit. But um, in my family, um, dementia and Alzheimer's are prevalent, and creatine helps the body or helps the brain um, with memory, focus, because focus is another big thing. I mean, memory, Mm -hmm. I mean, (laughs) I'm glad I haven't, I haven't gone silent at one point going, I, where was I, (laughs) you know, type thing. Um, Those are big things. That's one of, that's the, the main reason I take creatine is for my brain health. 
That's so interesting. I've never heard anybody say that they use it for that purpose. That's interesting. Yeah. I'd yeah, love to uh, read some articles it. that you that you would recommend for me because I am all about kind of learning a little bit more about how do we protect the neurology within our body, knowing mm -hmm. that you know psychologically that's it's it's the container in which that stuff gets taken care of. Mm -hmm. So um, I will make. A note to definitely <laughs> send that send you at least one of those articles, but yeah, there and I'll also send you a um, a link to uh, a, one uh, the sports dietitian that I um, work with her podcast on creatine. Okay, and, great, thank uh, you. Yeah, let me put that in real quick. Okay, and then that. the other one, and and I don't know if it helps me or not, but I take it, and that's collagen. Ah, okay. <laughs> Collagen, I mean, and there are different types of collagen, but uh, collagen, uh, if you're a vegan, there are no options for collagen because collagen oh. is from, from an animal source. Okay. But if you, I mean, at this time of year, this is great. You can, uh, you can get your collagen if you take your turkey carcass, if you haven't yes. thrown it out yet, and you, um, and you make broth, mm -hmm. that broth has collagen in it and is, and, can, and that's a natural um, source yeah. of getting it. But otherwise you can, there are. Is, is most bone broth a, a natural source of collagen? Yes. Okay. And also um, gelatin. Gelatin okay. um, is also, but who wants to drink gelatin? Almost no one. <laughs> and, <laughs> Almost and that jello, no that jello that, that you, you have to eat the whole damn thing. if you. <laughs> I know. Oh, gross. No, thank yeah. you. No boy so now. I think I think that's pretty much oh uh, the only other thing I want to talk about is nutrient timing. And mm. most women uh, again, I mean you do a 16 hour fast and an 8 hour eating window. Mm -hmm. And making sure that you time your nutrition to meet the needs of the demands that you are putting on your body. Like in your line of work, cerebral is m where you are mostly. You're, yes, definitely. You need, you need to feed your brain. Your mm -hmm. brain needs that sugar to, and no, I'm not talking eating candy bars all day, but your <laughs> brain does need that sugar uh, to um, continue to um, put out all the info or concentrate, focus, um, memory, um, being able to uh, multitask. Cause we, as women, we do a lot better at multitasking than men. Men get lost after one, they have one ball in the air and that's all they can handle. <laughs> <laughs> it seems like, but women, we, we have a tendency to be able to handle more balls in the air though. As we get older, it's the, the one ball is a lot more important than the other ones that are being thrown yeah. around up there. But um, nutrient timing is very important. So if you eat your, uh, let's say that your eating window starts at 6 a.m. And you eat at 6 a.m. and you go, well, I'm not going to eat again until noon. There is every three to four hours, you should be consuming something because especially your brain, your brain burns 20% of the caloric output of the body. So if you're wow. taking in, if you're taking in 2000 calories a day, 400 of those calories have to help your brain. And that's that's for the average person. Wow. Then you being cerebral most probably are burning through a lot more um, calories in your brain than for that activity. Yeah. yeah. So that's why if you're sitting at your computer and you're typing away and you're going and you're like, nah, 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 nah. and all of a sudden you go, God, I'm starving. What's going on? I haven't done a damn thing. I've just been sitting <laughs> in front of the computer. Your brain's going, hello. <laughs> I've done a lot of things. Thank yeah. you. <laughs> yeah. So, so that, so making sure that you are meeting the demands, the energy demands of your body and mm -hmm. your brain throughout the day so that you're not going, okay, I'm only going to eat at 6 a.m. at 12 noon, and then I'm going to eat at 4 p.m. because that's my eight-hour window. Right. You've got to find times, especially like, let's say you eat at 6 a.m. and your exercise, you exercise at 11. 
let's say that that's a five hour that's five hours from the time that you eat to the time that you exercise so right. maybe an hour before you exercise you want to look at um providing the nutrition for the exercise that you're going to be doing. That doesn't mean you eat a full meal. You need, you know, somewhere between 150 to 250 calories, trying to make it more protein and carbohydrates, less fat so that the fat doesn't interfere with um, causing GI distress if you're working, especially if you're doing some kind of cardio. Um, uh, So always look at, okay, my nutrition and the, the reason why I'm timing my, my nutrition is to provide the support that my body needs and the demands that my body has. So it's no longer a, okay, I'm depriving my body of this so that I lose weight. It's like I'm providing my body mm-hmm. this in order for it to work at its its best. It's like at its optimal you're level. a sports, yeah. yeah, you're a sports car. If you put regular unleaded in it, it's not going to give you the performance it wants. But mm-hmm. if you give your your sports car what it needs, which is that high caliber fuel, yep. then it's it's not going to let you down. Yeah. So I hear I hear that this is how we have to think about it. We got to shift our focus. And I just want to reiterate that the other thing that I learned from what you're telling us is it, that it's going to look a lot different in this age range than it ever did before. And it doesn't mean what we did before wasn't the right thing to be doing. It was just the right thing to be doing for that phase in our life. And this phase has different demands and different requirements. And so we need to be educating ourselves on how much protein intake we need, what kind of supplements would be most useful to us, and be thinking about what's the optimal energy intake that I need for what output that I'm doing if I want to show up the best in my life. I love it. Love it. All right, listeners, I hope that you took something from this definitely because that was a whole mouthful it was a whole lesson full of things um and mary you do have a program that they can follow you do have an online course and you have something that's coming up correct correct and uh the course actually this next six week um is going to be starting january 2nd so okay maybe if you could drop at least the first one (laughs) A little bit early. I think this could be done. (laughs) Um, But uh, it's it's completely online. So you do Mm -hmm. not have to be in person. You don't have to be living in Cheyenne, Wyoming. Um, But every week you will be receiving emails of pertinent information. But every Tuesday, um, 1230 Mountain Time. So you'd have to figure out where you are in the world. Um, but we will be meeting live and I will be presenting a, uh, like on nutrition, I will be, be presenting a PowerPoint on all the things that you are about to learn <laughs> because um, January 2nd being the first day, you, you aren't going to have any information, nope. but you'll be giving um, information of what, what is going to be required of you. Um, not required, but things to think about, things to um, take action on and see if it's going to work for you. Okay. And so that's, it's, but every Tuesday we will be meeting. And the first Tuesday, of course, is going to be a nutrition uh, presentation. The second okay. Tuesday is going to be pretty much um, a support, a support kind of thing, because we all have our stories. Mm-hmm. We all need our support. We want to, we don't want to remain silent anymore. No. And there might be somebody in, in the community who has gone through the same thing and and has found something that has worked for her. Maybe it'll work for you. So mm-hmm. that's that's the second week. And then we'll talk about. Talk about the rest of it when you meet with us later. Yeah. So I hope that what Mary uh, Bushkul has shared with us today is going to be useful to you as you are embarking on your centered life thriving.
Because I am a licensed clinical psychologist in the state of Minnesota, I have to make sure at the end of each of these episodes that I give you the disclaimer that none of the material that I talk about in these podcasts is meant to replace any kind of therapy or formal medical or mental health treatment. And in fact, anything that I offer on my website, my coaching programs, any kind of psychoeducational materials that I release are not a replacement for that level of care. So just take that into account when you listen. This is information for you. And hopefully you find it of value, both as an educational tool and for your entertainment. And I also want to mention that if anyone you know is in a mental health crisis, needs additional help, I always include these two crisis resources. They're available to anybody. Pick up the phone and dial 888 for the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline. And you can always visit their website at suicidepreventionlifeline.org. Additionally, there's actually a crisis text line. So if you're not somebody that likes to pick up the phone, then please text 741-741 to the crisis text line. And you can find them online at crisistextline.org. Thank you for listening to my podcast. And I hope that you like and follow me wherever you get your podcasts and maybe consider leaving me a review. It always helps me to keep this podcast relevant 